This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There may be a new norm in winning games in the NFC. Get into that conversation after the top of the hour. This is the Wendy's Big Show on 105.7 FM, the Fan 1250 AM, and the free Radio.com app. Joining us now on the line, Radio.com Sports NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Insider calls brought to you by the new gas-powered Sprinter from Mercedes-Benz Vans. Ryan, appreciate the time today. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Ryan, as you look at this game coming up tomorrow night, number one team in the NBA, number two team in the NBA, however you peg them with the loss last night in Indiana for the L.A. Lakers, I think most importantly that we'll notice it's going to be 1v2 in the MVP race as well in LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo. First, what have you seen different from Giannis's game here in his trying to go back-to-back for his MVP in his defense run? I think the willingness to shoot three-point shots is the biggest change and the, the best addition to his game. He's shooting over 32% from the floor, excuse me, from three-point range at five attempts a game. And as you guys know, he's been hesitant to shoot that shot in the past. Uh, I know how good Mike Budenholzer and his staff are, and I know that they've worked with Giannis to shoot that. And uh, for me, really, that was the only missing element of his game. The teams could try to wall off the pain and, and take charges and make him shoot outside the restricted area. Um, if they have to guard him at the three-point line, uh, I think it's over. I, I don't know any way to do that given his, his length and intelligence and his physical gifts. Um, so I, I think, you know, today, guys, for me, a third of the way into the year, he is the MVP. And as long as he continues to shoot that shot, he doesn't need to shoot 40% from three uh, he just needs to stay in the low to mid 30s have defensive respect that and I think that'll open up even more driving lanes for him and driving kicks for his teammates you know Ryan what do you make of the supporting cast around because a lot of those Bledsoe's are taking a little heat Chris Middleton's are taking a little heat Lopez hadn't played well as of late how do you feel about the supporting cast around Giannis well, boy, if, if those guys are taking heat on a team that's 24-4 and four, well, they with, are. Uh, plus mm-hmm. 13 point differential, sign me up for that kind of criticism. Well, let, well, let, let me just take well, 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 let me take well, in the Celtics or Suns front offices. Um, you know, I, I think that will continue to, throughout the year, guys. As yeah. you guys know, the Bucks had a terrific season last year, winning 60 games, and uh, got off to a fantastic start in the playoffs, racing out to the 10-1 and record, and then um, you know ran out of gas in the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals, losing the four games in a row. So, uh, unfortunately for the, for the Bucks and, and for their players not named Giannis, I think those talks will continue, even if they win 65 or 70 games this year, um, because, as you guys know, based on the regular season success they've had and based on the transcendent talent that Giannis is, um, this Bucks team will ultimately judge by what they do in the playoffs because they are one of the few championship-caliber teams in the league. Uh, so I think that will continue, but um, you know, just, just watching the Bucks play and looking at their numbers, I, I do think Chris Middleton has played well enough to make the All-Star team again this year, and, and I think a guy like George Hill coming off the bench or uh, potentially now starting starting with Eric Bledsoe out, has had a terrific year as well. So how how much of a gap is there between uh, Chris Middleton and, and the other number two stars in the NBA? Is that's a 
conversation we have quite a bit here on this show that the, there's too much of a disparity between the number two players on other title teams to what the Bucks see in Chris Middleton. Well, I, I think if you look at the two L.A. teams, you, you take either of their number two guys ahead of Middleton, um, whether that's Paul George or Anthony Davis. Um, but, you know, short of that, I mean, I, I think the, the, the equalizing factor there is if Giannis is the MVP, which for me he is, and he's better than the other team's number one, then, um, you know, wh- how close is that gap or how far is that gap between Chris Middleton and those other elite teams' number two guy? And, you know, is Mike Budenholzer's system and are the rest of the Bucks? role players is the rest of their roster good enough to overcome that i think they certainly have a, a chance to be with, with, with the shooting uh with, with the way they protect the rim and force teams into the mid-range um so yeah i, I think look like i said earlier there's nothing the bucks can do in the regular season uh, other than what they're doing which is really dominating the league running through the league out to a 24 and 4 start to, to shut that up that criticism will stay there and uh, I, th- I think that will put a lot of pressure on the bucks in the playoffs um, you know, and, and looking at the Eastern Conference guys, one thing that I, I think is important is for Milwaukee to stay on that uh, number one line or that number two line because that, that's been a pleasant surprise for me, or, um, just how good the top six teams in the Eastern Conference have been. Uh, so if the Bucks can stay in that one slot or even that two slot, um, that makes their first-round matchup easier and, and helps clear their path a little bit to the NBA Finals. What, what, what's your thoughts on Philadelphia so far this year, 76ers? Yeah, I think they need to add shooting, guys. I mean, they've been kind of like I thought they would be. They've been terrific at home. They have one of the best home court advantages in the league. They have a big game tonight against Miami right. in Philly. They're good defensively, and they're a little bit unique, though. Like The way the Bucks are built is more the way the NBA is going. As you guys know, they spread teams out. They play in transition. They launch a ton of threes. You know, Philly's kind of a throwback team. They're bigger. They're you know maybe not as athletic. They're more physical, uh, but but I think the glaring blind spot there, or a weakness that I'm almost sure they'll try to address over the next seven weeks uh, between now and the trade deadline, is the outside shooting, especially proven shooting. I mean, they have Furkan Korkmaz, uh, who's a young shooter with some potential. Uh, Tobias Harris is obviously an elite shooter, but beyond that, they don't have a ton of shooting and spacing, which is very important, especially in the playoffs when you have the ball in the hands of Ben Simmons, who, as you guys know, is not a very good outside shooter. Talking basketball with Ryan McDonough, Radio.com Sports NBA Insider. You can hear Ryan on Scals and Pals, available on the Radio.com app or wherever you find your podcast. Ryan, when, when you were working with Boston, obviously Danny Ainge is is one of the best at continuing to be able to flip over a roster and try different pieces to a puzzle and see how it fits in to, to getting into a, a title conversation. Where do you feel Boston is at this point? Because that was my preseason pick to meet the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics really like their top five players, guys. Uh, a lot of those guys are wing players or, um, you know, I think multi-positional players. But, uh, you know, you look at the young wings in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as guys they want to build around going forward. Uh, Kemba Walker has been a nice addition. Uh, you, you guys know the issues that they had last year with Kyrie Irving and uh, Kemba's presence, not only on the court but in the locker room as well, has uh, really stabilized the yeah. franchise and given them a breath of fresh air. Uh, then Gordon Hayward, you, you know, is in and out of the lineup. He's had uh, a number of different injuries, but when he 
he's played, he's been he's been terrific. Um, so I, I think if the Celtics do make a move, guys, I, I think they realize they lost something in the front court when Al Horford left for Philly in free agency. Uh, so I, I think if the Celtics do make a move, it'll be for a front court player, either power forward or a center. I, I think that's kind of the glaring weakness on their roster right now. Um, but keep in mind, if you, if you put those top players aside and you put their contracts aside, the Celtics don't have a whole lot of tradable assets. You know, they, they don't have a ton to send out um, to bring back a star unless they're willing to part with a guy like Marcus Smart, who's one of Danny Ainge's favorite players. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll more try to upgrade around the margins, maybe make a lower-level deal or play the buyout market uh, rather than do something to, to drastically shake up the roster. Move out west just a little bit. Uh, what's going on with, with the Clippers and Lakers? Sounds like there's a little smoke. I heard uh, LeBron talking a little bit about low load management, and then I heard Doc says, well, maybe they listen to LeBron because he's got everything going. He's owning the locker room. Little posturing out there? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you, you guys saw it on opening night. Uh, I believe those teams are playing again on, on Christmas Day, and it'll be interesting to see how they look when everybody's healthy. Um, I picked the Clippers before the year to, to come out of the Western Conference and uh, play the Bucks in, in the finals, and, and I stand by that. I, I just think they have they have more depth, and I like their roster better top to bottom than, than I like the Lakers' roster. Uh, all the Lakers are off to a terrific start as well. So, um, you know, look, guys, when you're in the same building and, and you play in the same city and you're trying to establish something, uh, both of those teams are new. They have a lot of new pieces, and they're both getting a lot of attention, as they should. Um, so I, I think, you know, that, that, that leads into it. Um, you know, whatever LeBron says, as you guys know, gets blown up and goes around the world in five seconds and gets a reaction. Um, so I, I think Doc's basic thought was, um, you know, look, we're going to do what's best for our team. Uh, I respect LeBron. I respect what he did and said, but we're going to do what's best for us. And, uh, you know, if you're the Clippers, that's looking at Toronto and, and kind of in a different way following the game plan they put together for Kawhi Leonard last year that obviously helped them ultimately bring home the franchise's first championship in Toronto. Radio.com Sports NBA Insider and former GM of the Phoenix Suns, Ryan McDonough, joining us here on the Wendy's Big Show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. So you just said, Ryan, that you believe the Clippers have a better roster than the L.A. Lakers. If it's 1-2-3, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, how does that roster breakdown go for you? I think the two L.A. teams are slightly ahead, and, and the reason I say that is I think the Bucks have the best player uh, in Giannis, or the guy who's certainly been the best regular season player now for a second year in a row, and I think has the, the potential and the ability with experience to be the best player, period, you know, regular season and playoffs included. Uh, but he's obviously not as proven as the top players on the Lakers and Clippers when I look at LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and what those guys have done, which is historically good in, in NBA Final Series. Um, so I, I think that's where the challenge is, guys, but I think the Bucks are in a great position. I mean, in, in the Eastern Conference, I think they'll continue to roll, you know, probably roll off 60-plus wins again in the regular season. Uh, they'll be able to pick and choose. I think one of the things that Mike Budenholzer does extremely well is limit players' minutes. I mean, the, the Bucks. you may talk about load management, and one of the discussions we've had recently on Scallon Pals is the Bucks' load management, in a way, is having Giannis and the Bucks blow teams out through the first three quarters, and that way he can rest most of, if not the entire fourth quarter, and, and kind of manage the load that way. So, um, you know, I, I think they're in good, good shape. I do think they'll continue to look to upgrade. As, as you guys know, they do owe a first-round pick this year. Uh, the Bucks owe their own first-round pick to Boston via Phoenix, um, but they have an expiring contract in Ursan Ilyasova. Uh, they, they have their other picks going forward, so uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to, to make look at the Bucks to maybe add one more piece because you guys know how important the next six or seven months are in Milwaukee with that Supermax extension looming for Giannis next summer. Well, I'm sure the Pelicans would like to move J.J. Redick, huh? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know if they – 
that, that necessarily like to move him. Um, you know, given given that JJ has been in the playoffs every year in his career, which right. I, I believe is 13 years now, um, you know, I, I I imagine that he would like to go to a contender, which in the Bucks certainly fit that description. Uh, yeah, so so, so I, I get your point though. I, I think if New Orleans continues to struggle and, and we get closer to the trade deadline, right. I would look at a guy like JJ Redick who is on a two-year deal. He signed a two-year contract at about 13 million dollars a year, and then I'd also keep an eye on a guy like Derek Favors. Um, you, you know, who's on a one-year deal, um, those guys to be trade chips because, you know, especially with a guy like Favors, if you're in New Orleans, what's the point of, of bringing him back after, after the trade deadline if the team's going to win 20-some-odd games and you're rebuilding? Uh, I think New Orleans, if they continue to struggle, will look to cash in one or both of those guys. Ryan, real quick, uh, team that came up in here, the Dallas Mavericks, I haven't seen them play that much this year, but I, I think Porzingis reminded us that he is still the unicorn. I think that's a team that nobody's talking, talking about right now. Dallas is really good. I mean, yeah. you guys saw it the other night in, in, in Milwaukee when they came in without Luka and upset the Bucks. They've had the best bench in the league statistically, and that's not something that's new this year. They've had a good bench for a while now that just hasn't gotten as much attention when the team's been struggling. But, um, you know, they have a superstar in, in Luka who's out for a few weeks. And uh, you, you mentioned Porzingis. I, I think, you know, he, he feels a lot of that, that pressure or that shade that's been thrown his way over the last year or so with how everything went down in New York and then struggling uh, to come back th- this year to start the season in Dallas. But, you know, keep in mind, guys, he missed an entire season. Yep. I mean, the guy didn't play competitive NBA basketball for almost two years. So um, that takes some time. It takes some time to reacclimate. It takes some time to adjust, especially when you're with a new franchise and playing with new teammates. Um, so I'm, I'm bullish on the Mavericks. I, I really like their, their top two guys, starting with Luke and Porzingis. Uh, but I also love the, the, the depth they put around those two young stars. Ryan McDonough, Radio.com Sports NBA Insider. You can also catch him on Scals and Pals on the Radio.com app where, or wherever you find your podcast. Great basketball talk. Everything you need to hear from the NBA, around the NBA with Ryan McDonough, Brian Scalabrini, and Kendrick Perkins, and more. Just search Scal, S-C-A-L, on the Radio.com app. Ryan, it's been a lot of fun. We'll talk soon, all right? Hey, Billy and Gary, appreciate you guys having me on. All right, Thanks, buddy. Ryan. That's Ryan's, Ryan McDonough once again. Our Radio.com Sports Insiders are always brought to you by the gas-powered Sprinter from Mercedes-Benz Vans. That was a lot of fun, a lot of good Man, NBA conversation. About? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.